0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dave at Opposing the Matrix. How you doing? Um, I'm coming back tonight because I didn't finish last night. A um, bunch of things happened and I had to tend to, and um, I figured I'd just come tonight and finish it up. <clears throat> the only thing that we had left last night <clears throat> basically was talking about your friend and mine, Bigfoot. Um What <laughs> Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Grassman, Abominable Snowman, uh, you name it, you know, Boggy Creek Monster... <laughs> You know, he's got a lot, him and his relatives have a lot of different names, and um, so tonight we're here to see if, um, or just to determine by evidence if uh, if Sasquatch and all his other aliases uh, is physical, interdimensional, or both. And I might throw spiritual in there too, but that would kind of go with the interdimensional. And um, <clears throat> this has been a topic we've been talking about, well, friends of mine and I have been talking about for quite a while. And I figured tonight would be a good night to uh to bring it out to you folks and see what you think too. Um, please if you're going to have comments, keep them nice, okay? I know that this is on Twitch and Twitch is uh basically a forum for little boys to listen to uh to listen to things or watch things while they're not playing games. And uh but this isn't a game. This is very serious. And it's something that needs to be looked at and uh it could factor into Your eternal security okay we'll get into that later uh if you hear a droning noise in the background like an airplane engine (laughs) i have a fan running in here this uh this building is is pretty warm uh today and it's muggy outside so it's very uncomfortable and so i decided to set this thing up i hope you can put up with the fan i'm i'm putting up with it so hopefully you will too um and you might hear a dog bark every once in a while or a kid yell out because i got the windows open and uh, so it's not going to be a, um, a studio booth sort of experience. You know what I mean? Um, just to catch you up on some things. Um, not this Wednesday night, but the Wednesday prior afterwards, um, let me get a date on that because it's always good to have dates. Okay. So the 27th of, uh, this month of July, we're going to be uh, starting up something. We're going to have uh, one show on that night and see how it goes, but, um, <clears throat> Ralph Epperson he's been on the show before he uh, he's a historian knows a lot about the constitution about things uh, that happened worldwide uh where uh, Kennedy assassination um uh, the new world order you name it and he's really excited about the things that are going on today in in our society around the world with all this new world order this um uh, what is Schwab calling it uh it's funny how you, you come at a loss for words at a time like this. Uh, New World Order, um, the Great Reset. That's what he's calling it, but there, it goes by other names and it's, it, it factors in very many different people, uh, the Illuminati, the Rome, Club of Rome, the Council of Ten, uh, the Golden Dawn, you know, you, you name it. They're all involved in it some way or another. Uh, Ralph has a lot of information uh, in that regard. So. I don't know if he's willing to release it, but we'll see. But uh, a week from tomorrow, we're going to be talking about the uh, about communism. And um, he wants to educate all these people that are out there to think communism is a good thing, to illustrate to them what communism did from 1917 up to 1989 in Russia, what communism is still doing in China. And it's not the walk in the park that everybody thinks it is or that these young people have been indoctrinated into thinking it is. If, uh, for instance, if you don't want to work, you, you're going to get killed. Okay. Because you have to work for the state. You have to be part of the state. And it's not a free ride like it is in this country with uh, welfare and stuff like that. No, no, no. No, if you want something from the government, you give something to the government and uh, all this sitting around and, and pandering it that goes on isn't going to happen if, if that particular system takes over here in the United States, especially and in Europe too. Um, it's going to jump from socialism uh, to, uh, to communism in Europe and from uh, kind of a pseudo-capitalism to communism here in the United States. And like somebody uh, wrote on Facebook the other day, where do we run? <clears throat> you know, if if it takes a turn for the worse, where do we run? You know, for the last 70 years, 80, 90 years, let's just say 100, because it's been over 100 years since the, the revolution in Russia. Okay, that was 1917. Uh, 100 and what, 104 years? 105. Um, you know, it's for the past 105 years, uh, it's been pretty dicey out there. And if you grew up with my generation, um, the baby boomers, and for some reason, I don't know why the millennials hate the baby boomers. I don't hate the ba- I don't hate the uh, the millennials. I, I, I think I know you do things differently than we do. Okay, but I do different things. Different, I do things differently than my father did them. But as I got older, I started to realize that a lot of things he believed was right. But, you know, so there's, there's time. But um, anyway, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't understand the hatred. I don't know if you think that you millennials think that we're we're handing a, a wicked and evil world to have to clean up. But, well, our world is pretty screwed up, too. And we when we uh, got of age and started to take over, too. Okay. So um, it's not a new thing. Don't think it's a new thing. But uh, the world is a messed up place. It's a fallen world. And things that are fallen are fallen. They're they're busted. They're broken. And you know they have to be constantly worked on to to maintain and to keep up. So if a generation fails to do that, and you have to take that on, well, if you want to live a life, a decent life, you got to do that. Okay. Um, and I'm going down one of those rabbit trails again. And I got to stop it. Okay. So that ends right there. Okay. So, uh, yes, we, uh, I've talked to a lot of people about Bigfoot. Matter of fact, uh, Western Oregon, where I live, uh, kind of in this right area right here is big, Bigfoot country, big, Bigfoot, big Sasquatch country. Um, and, uh, uh, I I don't think I've ever said it on the radio. If I did, you know, I forgot and I'll say it again. You'll forgive me. Uh, uh, when I lived up in, uh, we lived up in Crawfordsville, about an hour North of here, uh, well North and then East. Um, went out one, one snowy morning. and Well, the snow was actually melting and uh, I just happened to look down right next to my foot. And there was a big uh, humanoid footprint, <clears throat> looked human, um, but very large, very blocky. And um, I wear a, an 11 shoe and this thing was about 16 inches. So I, I don't think that there was a, a guy in our neighborhood that had 16, size 16 feet that was running around the neighborhood, uh, barefooted in the snow. Okay. <laughs> um, and I took a picture of it and I, I submitted it to some Bigfoot forums and some of them were, were really receptive and other, you know, they said, well, you know, that looks like, was well, one said that looks like a juvenile Bigfoot. And they, you know, it could have been 16 inch shoe, or foot shoe. Yeah. I can see Bigfoot walking into a shoe store. Can I fit you, sir? <laughs> um, but some people would say, oh yeah, well, you know, you made that up or it's a CGI image. I'm like, I don't even know what CGI stands for. I think it's a computer graphic interface. I can't, I don't know. That's what I, I thought of. And I, you know, if that's it, then great. If not, then oh well. But, um, so I've seen the effects of him being hit, him or it being in our neighborhood and stuff like that. I wish there would have been more snow so we get, I could have got more prints, but like I said, it was melting. And I was happy to get what I did, but I have my foot right next to it. So to kind of compare it for size. Um, so then we move down here to this town named cottage cottage Grove and, um, uh, Oh man, what a cute little town. I really love living here. You know, it's, it's more of a conservative town in Western Oregon, which is rare. Very, very rare. <clears throat> I mean, there's American hags, flag, American hags long day folks. Sorry. There are American flags hanging everywhere and there don't tread on me flags or what do they call it? The Gaston flag. Um, and and some other flags hanging around here to to just go to show it's it's not like it's not eugene okay it's not a libtarm haven down here it's uh where people escape to get away from uh liberalis um tardis and um i'm gonna get a bumper sticker that says uh liberalis tardis you know hello liberalis tardis you know uh if if you don't know Latin, it means liberal retarded or you know, um, slow liberals or whatever. That go to go over really good in Eugene. Uh, you know, people there don't even know English, so they probably wouldn't even know what Latin is, except for maybe some of your uh, medical majors or something like that that had to take it. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, let's spin back around and get back to Bigfoot. Um, so this area here is really known for it. And what I did is I've got two things I want to show you. I promise I'm not going to stay on very long. I've been on almost 10 minutes already. Okay. Um, shooting for an hour. Uh, if I make it to 45 minutes, that's great. An hour would be even better, but if we can get all the information out there sooner than later, um, that's, that's a good thing because I've got things to do. Um, okay. So this one thing I wanted to share with you is, um, oh, with big? Oh, no, that's not it. Bigfoot sightings in Lane County. Okay. Now, the county I lived in before was Lynn County, and that's farther north. Um, and, uh, Lynn was another conservative county. Uh, this county here isn't. It's, uh, highly liberal, but there are pockets like Cottage Grove where, you know, sane people live. Um, you know, I used to laugh when I said stuff like that. I don't laugh anymore. It's true. Um, so, um, yeah, so that was Lynn County. This is Lane County, and, um, You probably, if you know anybody that went to the University of Oregon, that's that's in Eugene, that's in Lane County. Um, Other things happen here, too, that you might be aware of, but maybe not. So, um, anyway, this thing I want to go to, and I'm going to show it right now, I think. Okay, now let me go over here. And I can't make it any bigger. Okay. So you'll see here we have quick links. Okay. This is OregonBigfoot.com. Very good site for, for Oregon. <laughs> so you have all your, your technical stuff over here, photos, submit a report, recent reports, citing the database, Sasquatch Art Gallery. I'm going to have to check that out when we get offline. Um, and here you have the sightings in Lane County. It has, it'll have a date and where it happened. And over here, recent updates. Um, I still have to go through that too. I think we're gonna join this website. It looks pretty interesting. And that way, when and if something, more like when something happens here, I'll be able to post it right away. It's not an if, it's a when around here. <laughs> um, and the reason I say that is because if I look out towards the back of the property, oh, probably about 20 feet from where I'm standing when I'm looking, <clears throat> there are two trees that are like this. Trees don't grow like that normally, okay? Um, yes, there were kids that lived here a long time ago, but those trees are kind of big for kids that age to bend in that shape. Um, and if I look directly, I'm trying to remember, let's see, that's Southwest. So it would be more of an Eastern um, orientation. <clears throat> if I look at that way, there's another set of trees like that. There's a tree that's broken off about probably 10 feet up there, just broken in half. And, and, you know, the, the upper part's there and the lateral part or the horizontal part that's going down is laying right on there. too. It, it was never a clean break. It was just broken. For what? I have no idea. Um If I'm ever able to communicate with Bigfoot someday, I'll, I'll ask him <laughs> um, or her or whatever. Um And there's just some strange stuff out there on this property that shouldn't be, you know. Now, yes, there's a teepee structure here made out of twigs, but I understand the kids that used to live here built that so i'm being honest i don't want to i could see i could sit here and say yeah a bigfoot built that nobody knows it was there one night and the night before it wasn't there you know and uh but i'm not going to say that because i believe in being uh uh having the truth and and spreading the truth and telling the truth and if uh i'm not going to fabricate things to make something that they're not okay i'm not a liberal okay so I was just perusing down here and if you entertain me and I'll entertain you. So right off the bat, 2012, Cottage Grove. Okay, okay, it's up here. Vocalization, smell, and tracks found. Let's look at that. Okay. Now understand that the road that we live on here is um a, a well, it is a county road up to a certain point, and then it isn't. It's just a paved road that's very thin. <laughs> And you've got, you go around this one corner and if you're really careful, you're going to go down a cliff. So, um, that's how out in the country you are. And then uh, probably about, um, a quarter of a mile up from here, it turns into dirt road and that's the by Warehouser, And, um, you really can't go up there. You can, if you want to, but there's a big gate up there and I'd hate to get on the other side of the gate and not be able to get back. Um, that's, that's always been a kind of a fear I've had about going up there, but you could ride, you know, motorcycles and bikes and everything else up there and, um, I don't know if I'd ride a bike up there. It's kind of steep and bad road. But anyway, um, so it's all country. It's all timberland up there. A lot of it's cleared. Some of it's growing back. A lot of people go up there to hunt. Some people go up there just, some people just go up there and sit and read of all things. Uh, we have some people that pick mushrooms. They go up there and pick mushrooms and they know what they're doing. So, cause well, obviously you're still walking around, so they haven't gotten killed by anything. But, um, and we have bear around here and, and cougars and, uh what else, bobcats. And, you know, your regular critters like um, raccoons and possums and stuff like that. So that's why I want to get the chickens in before it gets dark out because, you know, that's when all the creepy little things come out that like to eat chickens. And uh, those chickens aren't going to get eaten maybe three or four years down the road, but not right now. Um, anyway... So let's see what happened. Let's see, Uh September 10th, 2012, Lane County, Oregon, nearest town, Cottage Grove, nearest road, London Road. That's, hmm, how do I explain London Road? I don't know. I would say as, as the crow flies, probably about two two miles from here. Yeah, probably. Um, I looked at the map too, to see, and it's, yeah, it's about two miles, but it's over hill and over dale. <laughs> so um, it would seem a lot harder if you're walking it. It says, report of detail. Description of event. I was walking through grown-up clear-cut, about 20 years old, and heard what a mixture of deep moaning and a bugle. A bugle is like um, uh, the sound that an elk makes. Um, you know, it's a mating call. But he makes it sound like this is coming from a Bigfoot because they make a similar sound, from my understanding anyway. So I head towards it, and, and it came across an area that I can't describe. The stench and found tracks in the dirt in the dirt and on the moss mound so he found tracks and he smelled the thing a lot of people smell it said it smells like bad musk uh, some people said it smells like sulfur which makes a lot of sense to me because if it's interdimensional it would mean it comes from the spiritual realm if it comes from the spiritual realm it's not of God that's for sure and um, it comes from the other side where it would smell like sulfur so okay so let's see let's go back so that's one that's a recent one all right okay you're gonna notice that a lot of these towns are named after towns on in, in the east uh i don't think a lot of times that oregonians when they moved here were very um original like toledo you know okay that's in ohio it's also in spain <laughs> uh mckenzie gridge you ever, ever come to work and go there it's really beautiful there um it's up uh, the Mackenzie river and uh it's, the highway falls right up there. See, Blue River's up that way, too. Okay, Coburg is not too far from here. It's north of Eugene. And they have something there called the, the Coburg Hills. Okay, um, my mouse is not not cooperating with me. i got to get a wired mouse. These, these, these uh, wireless things are nice, but they're not, if you know what I mean. See, like I'm clicking on this thing, and it's doing absolutely nothing. Oh, there it is. Report overview. Lane County, Coburg, McGowan and McGowan Creek Road. Clearance uh it's condition is clear and cold. When was always oh, October, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, location. I don't know the exact time, the exact name of the unit I saw it in it, nor the name of the road I was on when I saw that. Um the best I can do is to say that it was west of on the west side of the Coburg Hills. Way down a block blocked off road. Okay. Wow, this is a story. Good. Okay. I just wish they would make paragraphs into these things. I hate run on paragraphs. All right. Describe the event. A friend and I did an overnight hunting trip. We left after work and planned to set camp, set up camp in the evening, then hunt in the early morning. We drove up the McGowan Creek to McGowan Creek to do this. A place we've ridden motorcycles and hunted our our entire lives. I know I know how to get there by car, but I don't know the number or name and and uh, let's see number name of the Forest Service road we eventually went down. But I know it's pretty pretty out in the way. Okay, folks, forgive me when I read. Um, these big paragraphs, I, I get lost sometimes, so I have to go back. So please understand that. Forgive me. Uh, we wanted a hunt where we might be the only tank, uh, tank trapped. Oh, wait a minute. Be the only people out there, which is why we chose this road. This road was tank trapped, meaning it had a big hole and a dirt hill at the end of the point. So we parked our trucks and we walked a very long way, one to two hours until we found a good clearing we thought would be prime hunting at sunrise. Man, you got to be dedicated if you're a hunter. I don't work. I don't walk two miles through any forest. Um, we had done mostly downhill walking to get where we were. We settled in it for the night, right in the middle of the gravel road, just chatting about life, hunting and whatever else two guys out hunting might chat about. But while we were talking, we also noticed a steep hilltop rise and it was perfectly backdropped by the moon. We began talking about how we might see a deer coming out of the tree line or or at some point. Um, As we were talking it over, we saw something. This is instantly, this makes my body here stand on end. Moving up the steep hill toward the line of trees parallel to us. It was moving in the direction of our vehicle. The ridge we were on looked, which we were looking at was probably 300 yards away from us in a very steep area, which is why we hadn't braved that a hike at night to reach it. But even at a distance, this thing we saw was moving far too quickly up the hill in such a rough terrain. It resembled nothing, uh, nothing other than a person, the only, only larger. I'm pretty, I'm a pretty incredible athlete myself but there's never been a time in my life that I could have run that far uphill at that speed, that I saw the speed that I saw the thing moving. I don't have any way to judge a height on this thing, except that to say that it was clearly taller and larger than I am, and I'm a 6'3", 250 pounds. Even from that distance, it looked very large. Uh, there's just nothing I was able, about what we saw that makes any sense or or two, hold on a second. This mouse is totally rebelling on me. There's just nothing about what we saw that makes any sense to two 30-year-old men who have been hunting all their lives. I'm an outdoorsman through and through, yet I fail to understand what I saw. This creature was tall, upright, and fast-moving thing. Um, I've run across coon hounds, or bear, uh, lion, coon, and bobcat, I've seen fox, elk, deer, and all kinds of animals out on hunts, but I've never seen anything like this before. We were scared to our wits end and we literally walked back to, to back, back to our rifles and loaded and chambered the entire way to the truck and hauled ass home. <laughs> um, as we were walking, we could occasionally hear what sounded like stones being rolled. And thrown in the surrounding trees, but never close enough to say that we thought we were in danger. Okay, let's see. I thought we were in danger. Where is that? Okay, I've been a, I've been as frightened as I was last night. I've never been as frightened as I was last night. I am a total loss to rationalize what I saw. Uh, what kind of creature could that could do that? There's Just no damn way a person can move like it did. I've worked in the woods a great many years, and I've never seen a man, even the sturdiest lumberjacks I've known, move with that kind of speed and endurance. Like I said, I'm a marathon runner, a mountain bike racer, an ex-gymnast, a semi-pro bodybuilder, powerlifter, and an overall genetic, (laughs) genetic freak, as my friends call me. And there's no effing way I could do what I saw, saw it doing. It's just plain freaky. Wow. That's incredible. I've been in those Coburg hills and they could be kind of desolate. Okay. And this is a guy that's been out all his life hunting and everything. So, you know, I remember when the UFO stuff all started, you know, back in the, well, I was in the live back in the fifties, but in the sixties, oh, it's their imagination. There's nobody credible of seeing them. Well, the people that we seeing were truck drivers that were up all night, farmers and everything else. Well, farmers know the land better than anybody else knows the land. And if they saw something that was out of character there, it was out of character. I don't care if they went to college and got two or three degrees and everything else. That doesn't matter. Uh, matter of fact, nowadays, you wonder if people with two or three degrees in college are really sane because they always take these courses that they can never fulfill through employment. Um, okay. That was near Coburg. Okay, let's see. Dexter, that's kind of close, but not too. Maybe closer than Coburg. Um, but I want to stick to this area around here. I just did the Coburg because I've been there many times. And London is another area around here. No, not not England. Um, fall 2008 near Cottage Grove. Man and stepson witnessed Sasquatch while hunting. Okay, let's look at that one. Oh, come on. Okay. Not too long. Okay. October 27th, uh, 22nd, 2008, Lane County, Oregon. Nearest town, Cottage Grove. Nearest road, not sharing to protect prime habitat. Uh, conditions, brisk morning. Time, mid morning. Location, blank. Report, report detail, descript, description of event. My stepson and I were on our first big game hunt. About a half hour hike from our vehicle. We inspected some bear scat on the right side of the, the gated forest road. That's bear crap, if you want to know what that is. Um, we proceeded about 150 yards around the corner and abruptly turned around to, our, to meeting our hunting party uh, at our vehicle, approximately half half an hour's hike from our location. When we approached the same bear scat in the road, which is now on the left side, which makes sense, the side of the road, we both very clearly... Saw a hairy man picking at the bear scat. We startled him and he stood up and walked across the road towards the creek and into the forest about 60 yards from our standing location. This animal made us very nervous. We were armed with Marlin 3030 rifle and it was loaded. I could not, I could not point the weapon at this thing and had no interest in hunting anything but food. That happens a lot with Bigfoot. If you read their accounts, the people have guns, but for some reason they just can't point it at the thing. Now, is that psychological? Is that a spiritual thought that's being put in their brain or what? I don't know, but uh, it sure happens a lot. Let me see something. Let see if anybody's in the chat room. Nope. I can go ahead and keep reading. Okay. Near London, near Cottage Grove, near Lowell. Uh Winter 2005, near distant Cottage Grove. Okay. Tracks found on Humboldt Mountain near Cottage Grove. Okay, let's see what that says. And I'm doing this just to show you people, you folks, you wonderful audience, the kind of area we live in. And um, and also that these are people that, that go out into the woods all the time. And they know the woods like the back of their hands, and they know what lives out there. And if something is unusual, well, they're going to say it's unusual. All right. Uh, what's this one? April 3rd, 2005, Link County, Oregon, distant Cottage Grove, uh, U.S. Forest Road 23, snow and rain. That's what it was doing that day uh, late in the afternoon. My wife and I drove up to the top of the ridge on Humboldt Mountain off of Road 23 and took the side road that leads to a yellow forest service gate. We decided to get out and walk down the road. The ground was patchy, uh, patchy old snow. We noticed some uh, rabbit tracks and bear and elk signs. We were also looking at the tracks made in the snow and noticed a trail of humanoid footprints. The, tra- the tracks came down off the bank onto the road as if it was crossing over the ridge. The tracks were about 14 inches long, eight to 10 inches wide. Wow, that's big. Even though the tracks are older, some clearly showed toe impressions. We had our blue healer dog with us and he did not act weird. Which means that the tracks were old and, uh, the, well, whatever it was, Bigfoot or whatever, had been gone for a while. Blue healers are pretty good hunters. Okay. See all the cottage groves that are around here? Another one. Spring 2005 near Cottage Grove. Tracks found near Bohemia. Bohemia is the neat place, folks. It's up in the mountains. Lots of gold mines up there, gold mines, silver mines, everything you think of. Um, and sometimes you can go up there and, and even look for gold yourself if you want to. Uh, April sixteenth, two thousand and five, Lane County, Oregon, Cottage Grove, Bohemia, nearest road. I know right where that is. Uh, conditions: rain. Time: early afternoon. About three miles up Champion Creek Road at at a turnaround. Okay. Another short one, a description of events. We located a trail in the snow that went from the road down an embankment through, through, through the creek up another embankment to look, to a lookout spot where we could see the road, but not be seen. Then the tracks went back down through the creek and back to the road about 20 feet from the start of the tracks. We also think someone was trying to lure it to the road because we found a banana peel in a tree and an apple on the side of the road tracks look to be a couple days old. Okay. Not very insightful, but still evidence that something weird is going on in the hills around here. Okay. Walton, Oak Ridge, that's way over in the center of the mountains. Um, Lots in Oak Ridge. Marcola is not too far away. It's north of Springfield. Remember, uh, if any of you watch The Simpsons um, and you hear about Springfield, uh, the guy that wrote it lives in Springfield, Oregon, and it kind of lives up sometimes to uh, the characterization the guy's trying to prove. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, let's see. Near distant, Okay. Near Fall Creek, near Oak Ridge, near McKenzie Bridge, near Cottage Grove. There we go. I knew there was a lot more on here. Bob and I find tracks while I'm drive for our anniversary. That's kind of a neat anniversary. Go Bigfoot hunting. Uh, April 17, 2000, Lane County, Oregon. I wonder if they're still together. <laughs> 22 years. Um, nearest town, Cottage Grove. Nearest road, Gowdyville Road. Conditions, doesn't say. Time, dusk. I would not want to be walking around these hills in the dusk. That's all I got to say. Okay, descriptions. Our one-year-old winning anniversary was April 17th, 2000. Bob rented a car because the Jeep was in the shop. After dinner, he surprised me by taking me up to our favorite Bigfoot spot. We took the Gowdyville Road. It was nearing dusk, and we approached a freshly logged area where we had found possible tracks a couple of weeks before. Bob suddenly stops the car and points to the embankment on the right. We stop, a lot, and we stop a lot along our drives in the woods in order to check impressions. They rarely amount to anything, but this night we hit the jackpot. We had, our cam- we had no camera with us since uh, the drive was a surprise, so we went back two nights later and took photos. Let's see. There were six impressions in all, covering a distance of about 20 feet, going up an embankment, and you can see from the photos below The stride, um, as measured from heel to toe, was three and a half feet uphill. Bob could barely match it. The prints were 14 inches long and about five inches wide. There were no toes. Oh, there were no toe details, excuse me. The Gaudyville area has a history of sightings and footprint reports. A friend who works in a local grocery store told us he and a friend were hunting up there a few years ago and found tracks Another uh, Another friend claimed that his mom kept horses just off the Cottage Grove Lorraine Road and that she heard screams coming from the Gowdyville area, which spooked her horses. Okay. Have you ever heard a Bigfoot scream? It's scary. Okay. All right. And there's another one around here somewhere. Here. Hunters encounter creature cross the road and run down the bank. I swear, as soon as I get off this radio show, I'm getting another mouse. Um, these wireless things only work for so long anyway, and then they start acting weird. Okay, report, report overview, October 1999, Lane County, Oregon. Uh, Cottage Grove uh, is the nearest town. Razor Road, uh, let's see, was the nearest road. Uh, conditions clear and cool, time at night. Location, London Road past Cottage Grove Lake right on razor uh where the gravel begins left approximately 2 to 3 miles at the first main fork approximately half a mile sighting occurred on the same road <laughs> that's a good way to get lost um especially at night traveling up there at night i don't i don't know how smart that is but hey uh we got a we got a detail from them here so um, our report so it does us okay um, let's see during hunting season, headed to a clear cut before first light, what we saw was a bear at first came we thought was a bear at first came down the bank in the right to, uh, of the track onto the road directly in front of us, approximately 10 yards or thirty feet, stopped, looked over, and then took off down the bank on the opposite side of the road. Several distinct things to me were that the fact that the sides were bright yellow and fr- from the headlights, which usually indicates that it's a predator, like a cougar, a bobcat, or a wolf. Also, it moved at night at high rate of speed down the mountain. As soon as my friend began to exit the truck, and that's when it ran. Okay. Uh, by high speed, I mean inhuman, like a scared elk or something, and it was pretty steep terrain. So, okay, there's that one there. Um, let's see, how are we doing on time? Because I've got a video I want to show you, too, that's 11 minutes long. Oh, we're at 35 minutes already. Okay. Well, let's kind of go down the row here and see what we got, what we have. Okay, near Lorraine, near Lowell, near Cottage Grove. Okay, I just read that one. Mackenzie Bridge, near Blue River, Mackenzie Bridge, Mackenzie near Newport. That's over on the coast, near Cottage Grove. Huge tracks in the mud. A lot of elk around here, folks. A lot of elk. Oh, that's Oak Ridge. Now the mouse will work. Right. Watch. Okay. All right. Here we go. Oh, here's another book here. Okay. Oregon.com file 275. Report overview August 1992 or 93. Lane County, Oregon. Cottage Grove. a Row River Road. That's right. comes right out of Cottage Grove and heads to uh, the reservoir. Okay. Conditions. There's nothing there. Time, dark. A location, Bohemia mining district, about 15 miles east of Cottage Grove, Oregon can get exact, can get exact GPS cords. Huh. Okay. Okay. Description of event. My cousin and I were on a camping trip to the Bohemian mine area. Like we do at least two times a year. This is the 1992 or 93, and I believe in August we set up a camp and then I around until evening. Then came back and made dinner. At dinner it was dark, and so we went to the lookout tower, which, which besides Bohemia Mountain itself was the highest peak, about 6,000 feet. Then there was a meteor shower that weekend, and we went up to watch it. We stayed up there until about 2100. I think that we went, and I think that's when we went back to our camp. We stayed up for about half an hour, and then I went to bed. We had a three-man tent to sleep in, uh, about 2,200 or 2,300. I was just about to fall asleep when I started to hear branches breaking and something walking through the woods towards us. It started away, it started a ways away from our camp and kept getting closer. My cousin was, a call, was calling my name and asking me if I heard the sounds, but I was still concentrating on listening to them and scared to answer him so that I just lay there like I was asleep. We had taken his car up there, and we parked it about a 100 feet away from the tent because there was many branches and stuff um, to drive it all the way to the tent. Um, the noises stopped, and all of a sudden there was a high-pitched, fast whoop, 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 uh, let's see, uh, that was from where the car was parked. My cousin asked what that noise was. And I said nothing because it scared me to death Been there. Um, now I gotta go up and see where I was. I love it. Um, all right, well, okay, here it is. Uh, then it, uh, it started to walk our way and we just laid there and listened. And it got closer and closer to our tent until it came about a couple of feet away. Uh, we were so scared that we laid there and didn't move a muscle because whatever it, it had been walking on two feet, not four, it stopped making noise in a few feet away and we couldn't hear any walking until we could hear it was next to our tent. It had snuck up real quiet and we could hear it breathing. When my cousin moved the leg, it scared whatever was outside of our tent and it took off running. And we could hear the individual steps that I, as they hit the ground like thunder, it sounded like it was very heavy. It ran off about, it ran off about 50 feet and stopped. Then it would start walking back towards us, got within about 10 feet and then we couldn't hear it anymore. Then all of a sudden it was right up next to the tent. Sneaky little guy, isn't he? It stuck up real quiet, uh, again to our tent. I couldn't, I could move, it could move very quietly when it chose to. I, when it chose to, it moved from side to side, the tent to the other, to the other side quite quiet and fast. It would be on one side and then on the other before we knew it. It did, it's pretty much all night and we left once and it left. Once it came back, finally we fell asleep. Okay. Okay, where was I here? Okay. Well, I moved it down that far. Okay. I've never been so scared in my life. I believed in I have believed in Sasquatch pretty much all my life. My cousin and I go up there a couple times a year to look for evidence and hope to have another encounter, but have not. I have hunted since since I was a little boy with my father and continue to hunt today. And I know the sounds of deer, elk, and other four-legged creatures make when they walk. This creature definitely was walking on two legs. Deer usually visit our camp when we go there, and we can hear them coming in the dark. And they get close, and we can hear them, and we can see them in the flashlight. I've read other accounts and books, and, and af- afterwards i found a, a few similarities, like the heavy footsteps when it ran, the whoop, whoop, whoop we heard when it... Uh, hmm. Okay, anyway, that's that basically sums it up. He says, I have become a volunteer researcher and have read a lot of reports. And My cousin and I have gone over this in our heads to make sure that we couldn't have been, there couldn't have been another animal that visited us and we know that it was a Sasquatch. Um, let's see, it's got some other stuff here. Uh, time and conditions, I can't remember the exact date. I'll talk to my cousin and track it down. I was 17 or 18 at the time. Uh, typical Pacific Northwest forest next to an old ranger station that's still used for campers. I got to get to that one story. There's a funny story in here um, about some bikers that um, let's see. And that's the last one I'll read because my eyes are getting real. T- a matter of fact, I'm not even going to read that one. The whole gist of the thing is some bikers went up there um, into the hills and decided that they, they wanted to get away from everything. So they, they built a shack out, out there in this one, one area, um, kind of like in a, uh, a park area, but away from it. And, uh, and this, uh, Bigfoot stalked them one night and, uh, tore apart their woodshed and, uh, tried to tear apart the cabin that they'd built. And, uh, they left and never went back. So anyway, I don't want to take too much time on this because, like I said, my eyes are getting tired. Um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. So. I do want to watch this video if that's okay. And uh, perhaps we'll end it with that because that'll bring us up to 54 minutes or 55. So let's go here. And I, earlier I thought that the bug with my mic and, uh, had come back and I was going to hear a lot of static again. But uh, so far, so good. And if that happens, I'll just end the video and then, uh, then we'll go from there. So I'm going to enlarge this. Actually, I'm going to, if I can get the mouse to cooperate all right oh that's what i gotta go here all right here we go so let's do this and then let's do this here and this guy's gonna this guy believes a lot like i do when it comes to sauce squats so
1: Chuks or chucky's <laughs> i thought it was chucky's Greetings and all well, this video has been a long time coming and it's a special video just for my longtime viewer, Joe Mo. he's been a supporter of my channel since day one and he's been begging me for five years to do an interdimensional Bigfoot video. And I always tell him, oh, it's coming, it's coming. But I've been planning on doing another Bigfoot video and he was on my live stream last week and I told him, okay, I'm gonna put it out this weekend. So here it is, Bigfoot and the Interdimensional Connection. There is no doubt in my mind that there's a huge interdimensional, supernatural, some kind of ethereal connection to UFOs, phenomenon, that type of thing, orbs, and the Bigfoot phenomenon. No question. What is this connection? Well, it's, Very interesting that you've got every UFO hotspot uh, center in the country, in the world, where there are a lot of UFO sightings. Guess what? Those are the areas with lots of Bigfoot sightings. One of my biggest points would be the Northwest Coast Territory, the woods and mountains of Washington. That is where the term flying saucer was coined around Mount Olympia or whatever in the 40s when that pilot was going near the mountain he saw these discs that they looked like they were bouncing off the surface of the water and he called them flying saucers and it hit the newspapers and the term just took off. Now it's kind of funny that that is one of the biggest concentration of Bigfoot sightings, those mountains themselves. Another case in point would be, you know, my hometown in Homer, Kachemak Bay, specifically the head of the bay. Huge UFO sightings since the 70s. Giant glowing discs seen coming out of the ocean, which is interesting. I love the, the ocean UFO connection. We'll talk about that someday. You know, UFOs, bright lights in the sky, and then also one of the most appealing Bigfoot stories. Uh, in Alaska coming from that same area near Kachemak Bay, and it's a pretty scary story, and I'll talk about, I've got another video of the different kinds of Bigfoot in Alaska, and many of them aren't that friendly. So there's a definite connection, and it's strange, it's just really strange, uh, where my grandmother was from, from the Kobuk River, far above the Arctic Circle in Alaska, there is a legend of a flying rock, that's, they hadn't seen metal, so they called it a rock, that came down uh, near a mountain by the village of Shungak, and uh, some little people came out, but they also had a big giant person. And that leads, and, and it's just, it's a common thread, that leads to the whole, every culture has legends of giants, all the way from the Nephilim, to the ancient Mesopotamia, uh, the Anunnaki are studied by UFO enthusiasts. Giant people, a race of godlike beings. So many times, people have had Bigfoot encounters, and they lose time exactly like on these abduction cases. And also, many Bigfoot hunters are going out into the field. Now, I've done some extensive Bigfoot hunting, and I haven't seen this yet and the travel channels flown me around the state, but a lot of Bigfoot hunters are going out and then they're seeing these glowing orange orbs, something that's also related to, to UFO. It's it's just really interesting. And then all the research that's coming out about the Neanderthals as well, 30,000 years ago, living among humans, the, the gene splicing they're finding, there's a very real connection between these Neanderthals and, and obviously Uh, A lot of people think that the human gene was tinkered with by aliens. Well, guess what? The Neanderthals were these ape-like beings, and many scientists believe that the Bigfoot is an offshoot of, of one of these hominids that survived. Now, there's several schools of thought, one school of thought of some researchers, and this could be true, they believe there is not a supernatural connection, but the Bigfoot is a flesh and blood, hominid creature that survived all these years. It's super secretive. It stays in the the middle of the forest and the mountains. It's very hard to get at and it survived. And it, it just, it buries its own dead and it communicates by the tree knocking and all that. And it's an actual creature that we just haven't discovered yet. I think that that's possible in some rare instances on on areas that are very secluded and hard to get at. But I think the truth is somewhere in between. When you look at all the indigenous legends of the hairy man, the Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, it is all steeped in a certain tribes have very specific traditions uh, where it's honored or it's respected. There is a supernatural element, no question. And it just happens to be that these hot spots that we're talking about, Northwest coast, different portions of Alaska, specifically the Southeast Alaskan, it's very steeped in the culture. And there is some kind of element that just can't be explained. So what is going on? So what I think is that it's almost exactly like Louis L'Amour's book, The Haunted Mesa. It was the last book the famous Western fiction writer, Louis L'Amour wrote was The Haunted Mesa. And I really love this book. Long Windy Road is, it's one of his favorite books by the way to check out his channel, but Louis L'Amour wrote this book and I was living in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And I I just got a huge kick out of it because the main character traveled through northern New Mexico and Taos and everything. But he he actually spent some time in Santa Fe. The character did. And I just thought that was really cool. But Louis L'Amour did a lot of research. He spent time with all kinds of individuals from certain uh, indigenous tribes. I think he was telling us something in his book. And it makes a lot of sense. In his book, there were these portals that people would go to, and they would go to this strange world that was like a rainforest world in uh, another universe, another dimension. And you could find these portals and you would leave this world and go into this world. There was also some giant hairy creatures, similar to Bigfoot, pretty much Sasquatch, in this book that could travel in between the portals and that explained why you'd have sightings and it makes a lot of sense. That's what I think is happening. So many times a Bigfoot hunter follows tracks on a muddy riverbank and it's happened here in Alaska above the Arctic Circle where the tracks just stop and disappear as if the hominid disappeared in midair and the analysis of some of these tracks is amazing. They're, they're finding fingerprints on individual toes. There's a uh, you know law enforcement specialists that look at these prints and they're convinced that it's from some large ape-like creature. So I believe that these bigfoot are real flesh and blood, blood bigfoot, but they also have some strange supernatural thing going on where some of them can just disappear wherever they want. And some of them know where the portals are and they just disappear. And that is why we haven't recovered any of the bones. We haven't, uh, Hunter hasn't killed one and been, been able to bring it back. We don't have evidence because th- there's this ethereal connection. They are able to disappear. We know there's something out there. Some of the evidence, some of the films, specifically the reports by credible witnesses, the tracks, Uh, legends going back hundreds and hundreds of years, there is something going on. I do believe Bigfoot exists, but we would have found one by now if there wasn't some strange connection. And then when you've got UFOs showing up at the same time, right before, during, or after Bigfoot shows up, It's just really strange. I think there was some kind of genetic manipulation into humanity's ancestors, and the aliens had an interest in this Bigfoot, and they are able to manipulate it. They created portals in time and space for the Bigfoot to travel in, and it's kind of interesting. NASA has admitted that electromagnetic portals may exist. It's been proven uh, physicists have you know, proven that just like black holes exist and wormholes, there could be these portals in our world. So it's just, it makes a lot of sense. I think that either there's the alien connection and they have manipulated the genes and ancestry of humans and hominids, and they're connected to these Bigfoot. Sometimes the Bigfoot go on their ships. Some of the Bigfoot are very intelligent and maybe advanced like Chewbacca, or there's just a spiritual element. And this is one that is steeped in the legends of ancient cultures all around the world. So that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I'm gonna be doing some more videos like this. Big shout out to Jomo, I promise you this video. Let me know what you think. Let me know about any evidence I may have missed It's really interesting, and I I think it's obvious. So help me out below this video. You'll see a a link for my Teespring store uh, where you can order my Sasquatch hoodie, t-shirts, coffee mugs, and help me on my journey to prove some of this and find Bigfoot. I'm gonna be doing more paranormal searching. So thanks, guys. It's Shook, your friend in the field, signing out. Okay, that was pretty awesome. I have to say,
0: that was pretty dang awesome. Um, Very rarely in this life do you meet people that believe exactly like you do. I mean, right down to the, Now I don't know if he believes in Yeshua as his Lord and Savior and stuff like that. Maybe I'll shoot him an email and stuff and find that stuff out. But um, in order to verify what he said, uh, he says he thinks it's got a spiritual element to it but it's able to manifest into the physical bingo bingo bango (laughs) you got it um if you read accounts of angel angelic visits in um in the scriptures you're going to see that they always appear well the angels of god always appear as um i should say the lower class of angels the uh, the archangels and stuff like that um appear as men uh, there are other, uh, there's cherubim and seraphim, and they have different characteristics. One of them is always like a burning angel, and the other one likes to wield the sword, sword and uh, and uh, for the Lord, a sword for the Lord. I <laughs> like it. Um, but uh, oh, what's this? Oh, hi Nightmare, you're here. Right on. Uh, my daughter and I did an ancestry thing at 23andMe. She just got something from them that say. That she shares more DNA with Neanderthals. I got that too. Than 84% of the other people. Yeah, I got that too. And and I think that just about anybody that has European ancestry is going to find that. Uh, what that means, I have no idea. I do know that I'm a human being, and I know that <laughs> I know that you're a human being nightmare, and I know that. Um, you know that we we all share that ancestry with adam or adam and chava eve that they were our original mothers and fathers um getting back to the the uh the physical and the spiritual the angels the lower class of angels like uh the archangels like michael now i don't know if they're a lower class or not they just might be a uh, instead of being lowered they might be side by side with the other two you know only the lord knows that and, and i'll understand it someday when when i take my last breath and enter heaven Um, and even then, maybe, (laughs) maybe it's not important for me to know that, but, um, we're told in scripture to be, be very careful because, uh, Satan can manifest as an angel of light, um, to fool anybody. And so can his, his cohorts, it says right there. So if he can manifest as a deceiving angel of light, uh, then that's something that we should really consider when it comes to listening to just anybody. Okay. We're told to test spirits in scripture because lying spirits go out to the world to deceive many. Um we we see the I'm trying to go back as far as I can. Um Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um Abraham, when he um was sitting uh, I think it was in near Hebron, and uh three angels appeared. Exactly. We all go back to Adam. Okay. Uh, the three angels appeared or three, it says three strangers, but Abraham or Abraham goes through a lot of, um, strenuous exercise to try to please these guys. You know, he feeds them. Um, I think that he gave them something to wash their feet. Um, and he, he really, um, and he he called one of them my Lord. Okay. (laughs) and back then you just didn't do that especially if you know abraham's history uh abraham uh, didn't wasn't always a believer in yahweh uh, when he was younger um if you read the tradition when, when abraham was younger he uh something happened with nebuchadnezzar not nebuchadnezzar duh um okay now i'm having that mental block again Nimrod yeah Nimrod okay something happened with Nimrod Nimrod was like the king of all the area or all the earth maybe I don't know and um something happened where uh uh let's see is it Tara Abraham's father um was supposed to present the child oh yeah uh the the soothsayers had said that that Abraham was going to inherit the world and that you know his offspring would. And well, of course it didn't make Nimrod feel really good because Nimrod was opposed to God. We all know that. And so he summoned, uh, Abraham's father and said, you know, I want you to ring me the kid so I can adorn him and worship him. Kind of like what, um, uh, what was told to the, the three wise men, you know, let me know where this kid is. Cause I want to worship him too. But we're in his heart the whole time he was going to kill Yeshua if he found him anyway. Um, so, Abraham presented uh the, the kid of one of his uh slaves and that kid was was killed and um and uh, then Abraham's son was ferried away to live with who was it uh, Noah and Shem I believe for a while and uh for about 30 years I think actually and then he came back one day and and you know after living with Noah and Shem you kind of have to have the 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 idea of who Yahweh is after living with Noah and Shem Okay, and um, so he came back and saw all of his father's gods, and then he was, he uh, he mocked the gods. You know, he offered them food and nothing ever happened. So he went and destroyed all the gods. And uh, and then he had to flee because his father was after him now. And then Nimrod was pissed off too because, you know, he realized he'd been deceived. So it was a, a cornucopia of, of, of deception that <laughs> happened back then. And um, so anyway, he knew. Living with Shem and Noah, I'm sure that Abraham knew the real God, the, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. Um, and he he knew a, a counterfeit from the real thing, okay? So when these three guys approach him in Hebron, he knows who the Lord is. He knows who Yahweh is and addresses them as my Lord, okay? And then, you know, the whole thing, well, should we tell Abraham what we're about to do? Uh, we're going to go down and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain. And Abraham begs for the lives of the people down there, all the way down there, if you find ten righteous people, will you spare the city? Yes, I will. Uh, well, there weren't ten. There was only Lot and his wife and two daughters. And I wonder how how uh, righteous his wife was, too, because it seemed like the city was her uh, the, uh, the apple of her eye, so to speak, because she turned around and was turned into a pillar of salt, like the Lord said would happen if somebody turned around and looked at it. Um, and then you have uh, ya- Yaakov, Jacob, who who wrestled with an angel. And uh, there's some words that's used in that account that, that shows that that might have been Ye- Ye- Yeshua also. Um, and then uh, uh, where, where do we go from here? Uh, Joshua, when he uh, is marching around uh, Jericho with the, the armies of Israel, and they're supposed to march around. Oh, no, this is before that commandment was given, but... Um, he meets this guy out there, and, it's, and the guy is called in the scripture the captain of the Lord's hosts. And there's only one person who's the captain of the Lord's host, It's Yeshua. And he's even told to take his, his shoes off when he's talking to this this, cre- this creature, Yeshua, when he's talking to this character. Um, and uh, and he does so, and he refers to him as my Lord. And uh, so there were pre-incarnate um, appearances of Yeshua who had not inherited a body yet, or not inherited, but not had been born to a body yet, yet had a body. But when you understand time and that time is not a factor in heaven, the past is the present, the present is the future, the future is now, you know, the whole nine yards, he would have had a body because he would have had it from the beginning because the beginning was the middle and the middle was the end. Don't try to understand it, okay? Maybe you do, but don't try to. <laughs> um, so... Uh, if that's the case, then um, then beings that are from the good side and the other side can manifest in the, in the physical for a while. Um, there had been a story out many years ago of a woman who ran across the Sasquatch. It was in her yard. She was a farmer or the wife of a farmer. I think he might have passed on if I remember the story correctly. The husband did. And um, so the wife was outside and uh, she, she, had, she heard noises outside. So she brought her shotgun out with her. And lo and behold, there was a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch standing out there while she leveled her gun and shot at it. Well, just about the time she pulled the trigger, the thing blinked out, disappeared, and then showed up over here. And she fired at him over there and he blinked out and then showed he, he came over here, you know, and um, which tells me, first of all, he's he's able to transcend space and time. Uh, because, you know, it was within a blink of an eye that he was one from place to another. And it, it would t- it, in the time sense, it would have taken him time to walk that way. Um, so the question is, um, is he physical, interdimensional or both? Um, I think he's interdimensional, but he can, he can manifest into the physical, physical, much like the good angels can, much like Yeshua can, uh, much like, uh, because we're talking about spiritual beings here we're not talking about flesh and blood but as Jim Wilhelmson pointed out to me and, and to others there's a scripture that says there's bodies celestial and bodies terrestrial okay there's human bodies and bodies of animals and everything all over the earth but there's also the the uh, the, the angels the fallen angels and the regular angels are both possess some kind of physical form in their own reality and they're able to present in a physical form in our reality okay so yes he is bigfoot is interdimensional he's not from the good side though um he uh, is often described as smelling like sulfur where sulfur come from well last time i heard it's down in the earth Uh, where's hell down in the earth um and if, if they have if they're breeding them on in some Cave somewhere, the US government and, and the aliens, you know, well, still he's down underneath. And remember, the scripture says that the, uh, the dark places of the earth are habitations of cruelty. Okay. Which means it's, what's that what's down there is not good. Okay. Um, so yes, he, he is physical in a sense in his own reality that he is, but he can dement, he can come physically into this dimension. Um, and remember, if he's of another dimension, he's probably a higher dimension, maybe one up, maybe the sixth dimension. And if that's the case, then, um, for instance, if if you were to manifest to somebody in one land, uh, one dimension land, uh, how would he see you? Well, he wouldn't see anything 360 degrees, but the minute that you entered into his plane, he would see your fingerprints start to develop, or the tip of your fingers start to develop in the form of a circle. Okay, and the further that you press down into the, into the plane that he lives in, the bigger your finger would, would become. Um, if a ball passed through it, it would start as a little dot, get really big to the size of the ball, and then shrink back down as it passed through. Okay, and this is all according to Chuck Missler, who is deeply into physics, and, and I will always believe over other people that claim to be a physicist. Um, so each plane can kind of interact with the other except for some reason we can't seem to go up. Um, and maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> um, there was, a, um, I think it was a Outer Limits or Twilight Zone. I can't remember. Um, and what it dealt with was this uh, little girl that had disappeared. Her bed was there. The room was there. But when the father moved the bed out of the way, there was a uh, interdimensional portal through the wall. And he could stick his hand in there and pull it back out. And, you know, the music when he stuck his hand was like, you know it was kind of back in the 60s cheesy noise imitations you know but um so he was able to do that and uh so what he did is he tied a rope around himself and had his friend hold onto the rope and he went back and he went himself went in there but the hole was closing up as he was in there so finally he got his daughter out of there and he got out of there and the dog that ran in there the dog came out too um but it was a really good illustration of what a, another dimension or a portal into another dimension would be Um, now the guy mentioned a lot of UFOs are always visible when Bigfoot's around. Well, duh, you know, it comes from the same, same realm and it comes from the same part of the same realm. There's nothing good about UFOs. There's nothing good about orbs. They're all, uh, satanic. Um, are they satanic portals to get into our realm? Maybe. Or are they just manifestations that accompany these things when they come into this, this, uh, this world? Um, I don't have it with me. But um, my stepdaughter, uh, Julia, the middle daughter, um, they were in a house down in Oak Ridge or up in Oak Ridge here. I think it was Oak Ridge. I can't remember. Oakville, Oakdale. Uh, somewhere up the road here. And uh, this was years ago. And uh, they noticed that there was a UFO there. And they decided, uh, one of the girls decided, I'm going to get my camera so I could take a picture of it. Well, they took a picture of it. And. What I, what you can see in the pictures, what you see many times, you see like a bright light of a whole bunch of squiggles, uh, squiggly lights. And, um, but so what I did is I took that, I took that, that bright light thing and I enlarged it. And I kid you not, someday when I get on here, I'll show it to you if I can find it. It's around somewhere on my hard drive, but you can see in the squiggly lines where the line comes to an end, you can see the head of a gray alien and there's it looks like there's another alien that's kind of like riding something like they're riding a, a a scooter into from their dimension into ours i know that sounds crazy and i know it sounds weird but once you see it you'll see what i'm talking about and um so that t- t- tends to lend to me the idea that ufo's themselves are the portals that come through or they're the vehicle that comes through that allows the 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 fallen angels i'm not going to say aliens that allows the fallen angels to come through and to visit this world. Anyway, with that having been said, I'm gonna kinda of end here because uh this is the end. And uh I will be back on Thursday with Brian and uh then the Monday following and then Wednesday after that with Ralph Efferson. And we'll probably maybe be starting up a new radio show with Ralph Efferson. Uh the same as the same format but different. Uh, Ralph doesn't know how to use this format very well, so he's very good with Zoom. So I'll get on Zoom with him, and we'll do that. Anyway, folks, I wanted to say uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back, especially you, Nightmare. Um, And I'll just say Mayor, okay? That way it doesn't make you sound like you're somebody's nightmare. Um, So, Mayor, we'll be back um, Thursday. Uh, So thank you for being here. Thank you if you're listening later on, if you've downloaded the show. Um, if you decide to play it on the, one of the audio formats that we're on, we're on um, ACAST and on a lot of different formats, actually. So you can find us all over the place. We're like white on rice. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Um, so, folks, good night. God bless. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May may, make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he guard you going out and coming in. You're rising up and you're lying down. May he give you health and peace, and that peace that passes all understanding. In Yeshua's holy name, amen and amen. Good night, folks. God bless. Good night, Mayor.